The explosion of digital technologies over the last 30 years catalyzed a new era of remote human collaboration. The global pandemic has accelerated digital transformation and resulted in most knowledge workers operating from home. Supporting this change are countless tools designed specifically to enable remote collaboration. The challenge we all face is which ones to choose and how to get the best out of them. Hello, and welcome to Boosting Performance. This is the podcast to listen to if you want bite-sized practical tips on how to improve your performance in the workplace. I'm Alastair Cole. And I'm Kieran Gill. We founded the Uplift Partnership to help organizations thrive by boosting their sales performance. To subscribe to this podcast, head over to our website, boostingperformancepodcast.com. In our debut series, we're bringing you bite-sized practical tips to help you tackle eight of the biggest lockdown workplace challenges. Today's topic is collaborating remotely. Working together remotely has gone from being an occasional practice to an everyday norm for many of us. And this new way of collaborating will remain long after lockdowns are lifted. Alistair, have you got a story that you can share with us about collaborating remotely? The story I'd like to share is the story of making this podcast, uh, the Boosting Performance podcast, and how that came about and how you and I were able to collaborate from 700 miles apart and put a show together that actually delivered some value to listeners and some value to us. So I think the story is about the podcast, and it's been uh, an in amazing journey, really fun, loads of time together collaborating loads of time coming up with ideas using a load of um, tools in order to facilitate communication and also collaboration working on stuff together finding time to do things individually and then schedule time where we need to be on the mic together at the same time so it's been a really great example of remote collaboration how did you get us at uplift to create that culture that we required on collaboration i'd say we followed lean startup principles we moved really fast really iteratively we didn't try and bite off too much to start with and as i'm sure you remember we started with just you know the odd call here and there we were speaking more regularly as the business grew and we spent more time together and we got better aligned so yeah, I, I think it growing organically in an agile way was one of the most important things because we were feeling our way and looking to um, find time between the other projects that we got going on, not just uplift, but family life and lockdown and homeschooling. So we've, we really had to be adaptable to fit it into our lives. So there are a couple of tools that we've used from the beginning, things like the, the G Suite of products. Google Docs is a great place for us to collaborate on show notes and the script and we experimented with a couple of different podcasting tools and we got and we ultimately decided on using anchor which has been an amazing platform owned now by spotify that keeps keeps having new features and functions added all the time it's incredibly easy to use and it's made the podcast recording and editing process very quick and mostly painless how have you kept it fun for both you and I and, and other team members um, doing the podcast. 
keeping it fun hasn't been too difficult. You know, we're old friends and uh, we get on really well. And so, you know, if you heard the outtakes from most of these episodes, there's quite a lot of entertainment, lots of laughs uh, um, uh, and a little bit of profanity. And it's quite easy to keep spirits high and and stay happy when you're smiling into the microphone as I'm doing now and um, and you're producing stuff and making stuff and building stuff with your your friends and family it's um it's a really good way to keep things fun according to research from connected commons most managers now spend 85 percent of their work time on email in meetings and on the phone and the demand for these digitally powered social interactions has jumped by 50 percent over the last decade which is a major contributing factor to the rise in collaboration Researchers at the University of Virginia have observed a 60 to 90% increase in demand for workplace collaboration over the last eight years. Almost every large organization they study forces more collaboration through a greater use of email, social media, and globalization efforts. These force interactions across geography and time zones and bring greater complexity and interdependence to most forms of work. Which means it's not just coming from one boss or from one area, this recent rise of collaboration is driven by diverse sources, making it difficult to control. And it's often the same people from each business unit that put up their hand to support cross-functional initiatives, all of which is resulting in collaborative overload, something many of us are feeling more acutely under lockdown. It isn't plain sailing for remote collaboration. And with all things, there are several challenges to keep in mind if you and your team aim to be productive there are many advantages for your project team to be located in the same room or building. Communication is instant and you don't have to wait half an hour, if you're lucky, for an answer to a question that you have. But when everyone is located in different places and maybe even different time zones, things start to get tricky. If you're working on a time-pressured project and you suddenly need something straight away, you'll suddenly start sending a barrage of messages to other team members. This in turn increases the pressure across the whole team and a tone of a message can easily be taken out of context, adding fuel to the fire. Collaborating remotely requires the whole team to understand that communication cannot be instant and their expectations need to be realistic when it comes to response time. If you've ever worked in an office with a bad workplace culture, you know how critical culture is for a happy and efficient team. Creating a positive culture is not easy. It takes a lot of effort to promote and maintain even in an office environment. Creating a strong positive team culture in a virtual environment is even harder when the team is not able to have casual chats at the coffee machine. Team members can easily feel forgotten, overlooked or ignored, which can cause them to mentally check out and step back away from the team and their work. Teams that collaborate well develop clear goals and plans. They communicate clearly, honestly, and regularly with each other. They solve problems and make decisions on a timely basis and manage conflict well. There are many organizational benefits from greater collaboration, faster innovation, more seamless client service, and a reduced need for corporate workspace. More working styles can be accommodated. Team members are able to approach projects in different ways than in an office setting remote employees are often more productive. They can focus entirely on the job instead of office politics, and the prospect of remote working can attract greater talent. 
the emphasis on remote collaboration will remain long after lockdowns lift. Companies including Twitter, Slack, Dropbox and Spotify have recently committed to being virtual first, meaning all employees' primary office will be their home. Other organisations such as Google, Microsoft, Reddit and Salesforce have opted for a hybrid model, allowing staff to split their time between the office and home. Research by ADECO Group found that 77% of British workers would prefer to adopt a hybrid model. Three ways you can improve your collaboration remotely are 1. Demonstrate positive behaviours 2. Choose the right tools 3. Planned spontaneity 1. Demonstrate positive behaviours It's quite simple. Culture equals behaviours, behaviours equals culture. Getting the team to collaborate efficiently and effectively is the dream of every organisation. The better the collaboration between team members, the stronger the teamwork, the more successful the organisation. But you can't leave culture to chance, and it's everyone's responsibility in the team, from members to management, to foster a positive culture, and it takes work. When you listen to friends talk about their workplaces, you can figure out how their team or company culture is. Sometimes these places sound fantastic places to work. They are fun, everyone works hard, and they're super helpful to each other. Sometimes it's the opposite, and most of the time it's somewhere in the middle. Culture is the character or the personality of your team or organisation. It's what makes your business unique, and it's the sum of your values, traditions, beliefs, interactions and attitudes. But it all comes down to behaviours and your actions. Demonstrating positive behaviours in a physical office takes a lot of hard work. Displaying them in a virtual environment is even harder. And it cannot be left to chance. When we started Uplift, we knew that 95% of our work would be remote. And most of that would require us to collaborate on our tasks. And our behaviours to each other would be the key on maximising the collaboration within our team. We have two simple positive behaviours that are a foundation of everything we do when we collaborate remotely. The first is empathy. Having empathy towards one's colleagues is a must. Empathy is the ability to step into someone else's shoes and understand their feelings, their perspectives and use that understanding to guide your actions. It's easier said than done. When someone isn't being their most collaborative and you need something urgently, Instead of copying in everybody in management in your reply, take a moment and try to step into their shoes. Try to understand their feelings and maybe pick up the phone and contact them. Next time, before you react, think about the other person and what they're feeling and see their perspective. Empathy takes work and first you need to show it before it gets paid back. The second one is flexibility. Being flexible isn't about being a pushover and changing deadlines just because somebody can't make a meeting. It's about having a growth mindset when working together. When working together in the virtual world, there are many different things to consider and having a fixed mindset can kill collaboration in a heartbeat. In lockdown, we've seen people be super flexible as they juggle homeschooling, work, dealing with slow internet connection and the neighbour's dog continually barking when they're on a call. Being flexible when collaborating remotely is about being agile when facing challenges 
and seeing solutions from a different angle, even when they're not your preferred option. Demonstrating positive behaviors is a must for remote collaboration by showing others your actions. By doing this, you and your team will build a stronger foundation for success going into the future. Two, choose the right tools. Remote working places an enormous emphasis on technologies that facilitate virtual collaboration. Choosing the right tech tools and crucially using them smartly can generate competitive advantage. You and your team will be able to drive more progress in less time, resulting in better internal communication, faster creation of assets, quicker innovation, and smoother client servicing. Collaborative communication tools like Slack and Flock are incredibly popular and often seen as the key to team collaboration. But you've got to make sure they're working for you rather than the other way around. So decide how often and for how long you'll engage in conversations within these channels, or you could become overwhelmed. For some, it might be as little as 10 minutes once a day to skim through the most relevant messages. Others may need to check in multiple times a day or have their messaging tools open outside periods of real focus. And for asynchronous document sharing tools, such as Google Docs and Microsoft Teams, ensure you set deadlines for reviews, turn on track changes, and be clear on exactly what you expect from those tasked with writing or reviewing. It's important to choose the most appropriate tool for the job at hand. The fine detail of how each feature works can make the difference. Do you want video conference guests to request access to join, or are you happy for them to skip the waiting room? Is it important that your podcast guests can join the conversation using only their mobile phones? How easy is it to see and revert to past versions of shared documents? How simple is it to invite guests to a virtual brainstorm and toggle what level of control they have over co-created ideas? It's important to be sensitive to data-rich technology. When you're on a video call and there's a connection issue or some kind of data problem, you may find yourself accidentally talking over others, assuming they'd finished. In face-to-face -face conversations, there is an immediacy to speech between participants, and body language provides clear clues of when the speaker is finished or someone else is ready to say something. But the 2D nature of video calls makes this harder to spot and can result in some people talking over their colleagues. So be patient while others are speaking and wait until there's a short silence confirming it's okay for you to begin. When it comes to using tech to collaborate, it's crucial to stay agile and evolve what you use and how you use it. If you find that you can't easily solve a problem through chat, switch the conversation to a call. It's also really important to have alternatives in case a particular tool stops working for you. So experiment with new tools, but don't move to them unilaterally until you've checked all the features and functions and run a trial with people less comfortable with new technology. Those who are slower to pick up new ways of working can end up feeling left behind by the group if they're not on board. To summarize, ensure there are clear rules and everybody on the team is aware of how the tools will be used. Choose the right technology for the task at hand and play with the features so you understand how to extract the most value. Be sensitive to network connection speeds and other people's contributions. And keep experimenting with new tech platforms as you come across them. Don't be afraid to move to them as long as you've checked it will improve collaboration for everyone. Three, plan spontaneity. Working remotely can be a lowly business and not being in an office environment can make it hard for us to connect with other team members. Strategically designed virtual building activities provide communication while reinforcing shared identity. 
And there's lots of ideas out there that you can implement as a team, from quizzes to happy hours to virtual dinner parties, the list is endless. However, these kind of events can be very official and not all team members find it easy to bond with other people, especially when you have 10 people on the screen listening to one person talk at a time, if you're lucky. However, another essential step to building a thriving remote culture is to create spaces and opportunities for casual conversations within the team. The office water cooler is a symbol of a relaxed communication for many people in a physical office. This is a place within the workplace that allows employees to gather and talk about work, and it might not even be a water cooler. It could be the coffee machine or the bench in the garden, anywhere that you have a break between tasks. This is where you'll bump into a colleague or see someone that, from the other side of the office. A virtual water cooler gives the team a chance to connect in a relaxed environment in smaller, more intimate groups. It's a great place to discuss personal or professional triumphs and challenges, or just talk about what you watched on TV last night. Providing a virtual water cooler gives you and your team a chance to get different perspective on projects and a chance to stretch your legs. In turn, this helps you to strengthen your team, makes you happier at work together and boosts productivity and engagement levels and reinforces ties and sense of belonging. There is a wide variety of technologies that can facilitate this function. But the key is to remember to make it informal. At Uplift, we use a WhatsApp channel for non-work-related conversations. We also have a coffee break at the same time most days. And we tend to use this time for a quick video or phone call just to catch up on things. So make it easy and informal. But in the virtual environment, you need to plan a little. You don't want to break someone's focus by sending them an instant message or have yours broken when you're in flow. So next time after a team meeting, arrange to stay on the call for another 10 minutes with a member of a team that you haven't spoken to in a while for just five or 10 minutes to catch up. Or arrange a quick coffee with one or two other members of the team one afternoon. Think of other ways that you can make an informal short conversation easier. Communicate clearly with your team the times that you're happy to lose your focus and the times that you aren't and make it a habit to have those moments every day. In the last 12 months, many of us have become remote collaboration superstars and we're able to use multiple platforms and technologies like never before to complete our projects. But don't forget the social side. Make sure you create a culture and environment where informal and easy conversations can take place and where the team can connect unofficially. Three ways you can improve your collaboration remotely are one, demonstrate positive behaviors, two, choose the right tools, three, planned spontaneity. Some of you sent in comments and questions from the last episode, so let's hear them. Hi guys, it's Gareth here from London, big fan of the podcast. I was just wondering about the collaborating remotely episode. I was just after some tips really about how to maintain those really important key relationships, the really crucial ones when you don't get that one-to-one -one time, that face time that you, used to, that you used to get. Anyway, I look forward to hearing from you and look forward to the next podcast. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Hi, Gareth. Thanks for your question. 
For those really important relationships, lean in even further and be super communicative. And think about what you share. You can give some personal context. It doesn't just have to be about work jobs. Be even more agile in terms of when and how you connect. The more flexible you are, the greater trust you'll build and the more open communication you'll have. And surprise and delight them, whether that's something small and funny you send over instant messaging or by email, or perhaps something you send in the post. Showing that you care will help get through this difficult time and hopefully bring a smile to both of your faces. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you picked up some bite-sized practical tips for collaborating remotely. If you liked this episode, please give us a five-star rating on your podcast platform of choice so more people can find us. Our next episode is Motivating Others. Everyone is experiencing burnout at the moment, and it's really tough to get team members fired up remotely. What are the key behaviours demonstrated by people who are good at motivating others? If you've got a question about motivating others or any feedback on this show, you can leave us a voice message by using the link in the episode description. Or you can get in touch with us via our website at boostingperformancepodcast.com, which is where you'll find all the show notes and the tips and references for today's episode. And where you can subscribe to the podcast or sign up for our weekly newsletter. Talk to you next time.